Good morning. Good morning. My name is Andrea Simintov, and you're listening to Pull Up a Chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Back together. Oh, the summer, lazy, hazy, really hot days. Sometimes we just need a break. Okay, so first of all, let's say good morning, good evening. We have listeners today live listening in from the United States. And um, yeah, you guys have stayed up late, stayed up late to watch the uh, Republican debate. Curious to know your thoughts. We have South Africa with us this morning, my second home, <clears throat> my home away from home. Australia has joined us. Boketover, it's Israel. Keep on those air conditioners. Uh, Canada is with us this morning and Germany. And anyone else tuning in will give us, will give out that romper room moment. Can you feel it? I'm feeling it. In the air, when you get past the heat, when you get past the smog, when you get past the sounds of the building all over Jerusalem and the rest of Israel, I could feel it, I could taste it. The time of renewal is upon us. I know that with my clients, so many have said, I can't believe we're saying it already. Shana Tova. Wow. Where has the summer gone? Where has the year gone? Where has the time gone? For those of you in a certain age group, sometimes we have a tendency to feel jaded. Oy va voy. What am I going to do this year? What am I going to cook this year? Shul, did I buy a seat? Am I not going to buy a seat? I really can't stand that shul anymore. I want to go back somewhere else. The kids, the in-laws. And we look upon this incredible time of opportunity. This blank slate that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Holy One, blessed be He, is handing us. And we have disdain. We think to ourselves, we think to ourselves, oh, I can't stand it anymore. I would like to make a proposal. I'd like to make a proposal. My proposal is this. Like children, like children, like youngsters trying Okay, we've just made the studio quieter. (laughs) We had a lot of outside noise in the studio today. Like children who look upon that first day of school with their new notebooks and their beautiful, clean, sharpened pencils. And what are they going to wear the first day? And will my lunch be as cool as the next kid's lunch? Yes, we're role models. Let's model that newness by imitating the children, by not remaining jaded in our our age, in our seniority, but instead not acting the age, but instead celebrating the life, the verve, the excitement, and the gratitude that this moment on our calendar 
affords us. I know I can smell the clean. I can feel the clean. And it's not real. Is that a real smell? It's coming from within. You know, diet. Diet, we tend to think of as food. Oh, you're on a diet? I'm Jewish. When am I never on a diet? Nevertheless, diet really pertains to a program, to a regimen. And that regimen is not just what we're putting in our mouths. It's what we are putting into our souls, what we're putting into our days. Are we choosing to feel the renewal or be slaves to the fatigue, to the ennui? I'd like to start today's program with just a simple proposal. And imagine, not just those of us who are listening live, but those of us who will listen on podcasts and those of us who will raise this issue at their Shabbos tables, curious to know what you think. Taking four words out of our vocabulary in the months to come. Four words. What could those four words be, Andrea? I'll tell you. Thank you for asking. The words would, could, should, and why. Certainly when it pertains to others and ourselves, but let's talk about others for a moment. If only he would take out the garbage on his way out. You know, she could invite us for Shabbos dinner. He should get another job. Fill in the blanks. And the last, why are you wearing that? Why are you doing that? Why are you eating that? Why, with rare exception, only when it's honest, honest query, why generally is not a word of kind, why is she wearing that? Why are they eating that? Why are they going there? Very often, it is because we're really making a statement about ourselves. Don't ask why, unless we really need to know. Why should I go to the bank before the supermarket? What time are they closing? That's an honest query. But why is he behaving like that? Why are they going there? Don't ask it. Would, could, should, only God knows. There's a big issue at play, and I know it's universal, and I know people are listening in from around the world, and I know it is affecting you in Germany, Canada, Israel, Australia, South Africa, and of course the U.S. There is an epidemic. A terrible epidemic is taking place in this world, and it's only getting worse. It was getting bad before the episode of COVID. And now the proportions are epic. 
the epidemic is not opioids. It is loneliness. Indeed, it is being written about, and I have tons and tons of articles in front of my nose as I do this show. But you know, as we're speaking about the upcoming Rosh Hashanah, and we're going to talk more about it. Perhaps today, Thursday, as we're preparing for our Shabbosim, for Shabbos, in whatever manner we celebrate Shabbos, in whatever manner we usher in the Shabbos, we should give some thought to Rosh Hashanah coming up. And anyone who may be in need of invitations, you know, those who don't really need invitations are so visible. They're the loud ones. They're our friends. They're in our orbits. They're so robust. But the ones who really need to be invited sometimes are hard to see. We can't find them. I know that here in, certainly in Jerusalem, there are so many balet shuvot, those who have become observant, who don't have any family nearby, who may be even struggling with all the the customs of the holiday and don't even know where to start. They may be shy. There are so many singles out there, single, single men, single women who are embarrassed and want to keep a low profile, who dream of being together with a partner. What wouldn't they do to sit at a robust, joyous holiday table? Single mothers. I myself experienced this heady, weighty phenomenon for so many years. There were times I was forgotten. And what a celebration, those times when I and my children were remembered. And anyone else that I have forgotten. The other suggestion I have, and this comes from personal experience, don't wait till the week of Rosh Hashanah to invite them. Or even the week before, we're coming up. Don't wait. Let them know three weeks before. The time is now. Because... Their uncertainty, their discomfort, their sadness, their confusion is palpable. And we have this enormous power. And if they want to bring something, they want to make something, anything they can do, say yes. If you can say yes, you must say yes, whether it be wine, whether it be a raisin challah, whether it be a babka whether it be a little box of candy or Legos for the children. Let's not wait. Let's remember each other. And let's not leave one another alone. Same thing for Shabbat, same for Shabbos and that. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk more about loneliness over the holidays and what one phenomenal community in Israel, an entire community, is doing about it. My name's Andrea. Guess what? See you on the other side. Hi, I'm Rabbi David Aaron. The soul basics are the most profound, the most essential, and yet often the most neglected in our education. 
join me for Soul Talk on Israel's News Talk Radio and discover the secrets to love, spiritual growth, and personal power. Simitov, pull up a chair, IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. I need to start this segment, I need to begin this segment with a minor mea culpa. I ask forgiveness, really, really mamish. Um, I, several people wrote to me this week, it was a busy week, a crazy week, wonderful letters, and I don't have them in front of me right now, I will get back to you. And you know who I'm speaking of. I, I know I remember John in particular. Um, I will get back to you. Keep those letters coming, Andrea at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And please, God, I will be able to we'll touch base and um, I will honor that that commitment to uh, respond. Your your words about the show are really totally, I, I'm just so, so grateful Enamor, thank you. Um, I just want to get back to this loneliness thing. I think about it a lot. Uh, I remember a wonderful story. A dear friend of mine told me years ago, she had moved to Manhattan. I think she was doing her graduate work at the time at either Stern College, Yeshiva College, College is a college school for women, or it might have been Turo. And she was um, studying physical therapy and living alone in a building I guess it was the Upper East Side, actually. And she, it was a woman on her floor. She met her in the laundry room, Manada, hello, hello. And I don't know if the woman was Jewish, not Jewish, really not the point of the story. And one day, the woman said to my friend, oh, any big plans for the weekend? And this girl was... My friend was an Orthodox Jewish girl, Shomer Shabbat, Sabbath observant. And she said, oh, well, tonight is my Sabbath and I'm going to dinner on the West Side. Oh, good friends. You're going to good friends. She goes, no, I actually don't know the people. I've never met them, but they called and invited me for Shabbos. And the neighbor was just stunned. Get what? You don't know these people? You're going there for for the Sabbath? Anything can happen to you. It was terrible, terrible things. You, you're going to strangers. And I've thought about this story so often. Will we continue to live in a world of strangers? Or can we make our world smaller so that we're living in a world of friends? It's scary out there. But when I sit and say that there is an epidemic of loneliness I remember the first time I heard the term power nap. I thought it was a joke. You know, a friend of mine said my husband takes power naps. And she wasn't so enamored with her husband. I I thought that she was connecting, denoting his laziness. But no, it was a real thing. And she was really saying he has the ability to lay down for 20 minutes, close his eyes, get up. Well, the same thing when I heard loneliness is an epidemic. I said, yeah, really. But, you know, there's... um, in the United States, is the United States the U.S. Surgeon General? I, I haven't noticed the uh, 
the, the attorney general since, uh, what was it, C. Everett Cooper. Um, but the American vice admiral is called Dr. Vivek H. Murthy. And he claims that when he took office, I don't know what year he took office in America, he quoted, he said, I didn't view loneliness as a public health concern. But then he embarked on a cross-country listening tour, and it surprised him. You know, in New York, approximately 30, more than over 30% of the people live alone. And that doesn't mean that even living alone, you're not lonely. People who have been in a very sad marriage where they live with somebody, but not really. You know, prior to the epidemic, there was a statistic that half of the Americans reported experiencing loneliness and the mortality rate of being socially disconnected um, is something equal to that of smoke is like smoking 15 cigarettes a day according to dr murty all of these respondents talked about higher rates of cardiovascular disease dementia stroke depression anxiety and premature death we certainly know that when it comes to men have that much more. Women, for some reason, seem far more resilient. They can find more energy in their social circles. Even if not fabulous and as robust as they may want, women seem perhaps this devotion to grandchildren, but men truly, truly suffer. And you know what? I remember there was a novel by Kurt Vonnegut, Kurt Vonnegut Jr. You know, he was really the darling of the 70s. All of us remember his books, but he wrote a book called Slapstick, where a White House candidate ran for office on the premise of lonely no more. So, um, you know, what when it says life imitating fiction, not fiction imitating life, I must share this with you. The community of Beit Shemesh, Ramat Beit Shemesh, I don't have the site if you write to me you want to know the website friends in israel because they actually have a section what what can you do this website shemesh.com shemesh.co.il talks about the feeling of loneliness and they have begun a project the project is actually four years old where they are placing hundreds of senior citizens they've accepted invitations and they're spending the holidays in existing senior residences, senior assisted living centers, um, I think for free. These places have large dining rooms, and even though they may not be living there, they are invited to go. And what's the goal of the project? The goal of the project, according to the website, is to enable senior citizens to celebrate the Chagim, the High Holy Days, in the company of other residents who are readily enjoying the holiday meal, the social, the leisure, the cultural activities, perhaps even the prayer. No cost, fully funded by the Ministry of Social Affairs and Social Security. My friends, if this is not what a government was elected to do, if our government is not addressing the real needs of the people the heart the soul the bellies they're providing transportation places no one will be left behind 
and there is an initiative. Anybody can join. And again, I share it with you. Okay. Another friend. Well, I want to talk about these days as we get up. You know, I, I put together the show each week or each week that I do the show. And I gather, I gather, I glean a lot of stuff during the week, things that pique my interest. This week, anything negative, and believe me, there's plenty negative. There's so much going on in the outside of Israel, the school systems, promoting campaigns of Jew loathing. Let's call it what it is. Anti-Semitism has become just this kind of parved term, the way we've made totally anemic the word Holocaust, a word that was supposed to peak every nerve in our bodies is now, look at my living room. Looks like a Holocaust happened here. Schools, universities, writers, quote, esteemed, close quote, professors, promoting agendas of Jew, Jew loathing, Jew eradication. And then someone sends me a video of a market in Tel Aviv, an outdoor market. The sun is setting. It is the Sabbath. The Sabbath is dawning. And the stores are open. And a musician with tattoos on his neck and arms begins playing the melody, Shalom Aleichem, welcoming the Sabbath. And people stop and they put down their packages. Religious, running to shul, not religious. Sephardim, Ashkenazim, Mizrahim, Ethiopians, everyone singing together, eyes closed, swaying. We cannot separate from one another. The world is doing a glorious enough job without our help. Tomorrow night when we sing Shalom Aleichem during this month of Elul, let's reach down into ourselves and think about one another and how to spread the love. Okay, before we go to break, want to share this with you. Torah is everywhere. Torah is findable. And Torah was ever present in a quick little story about the Portuguese soccer star, Cristiano Ronaldo. I could not read anything more Jewish. He explained to a reporter, a reporter said, you're rich, you're famous, you're fabulous. Why don't you buy your mother a house? Why does your mommy still live with you? And what was his Torah answer? My mother raised me and she dedicated her life for me. She would go to sleep hungry just to let me eat. We had no money at all. She worked seven days a week and nights as a maid to buy my first shoes so I could be a player. He further went on to say that everything he is today is because of his mother. All my success is dedicated to her. And because of her, and as long as she has a life, she will always be by my side. She has everything I can give. She is my refuge and my greatest gift. Thank you 
Cristiano Ronaldo for giving us our Shabbos thought. My name's Andrea. I'll see you on the other side. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Okay, we're back. Andrea Simintov, pull up a chair, and I mean it. Talking to you on Israel News Talk Radio. Uh, let's go. Wow, we've had so so far. We've had the U.S. listening in. Israel, South Africa has been listening in. Canada and Germany. Um, I count on you guys, but apparently. Oh, Australia is also listening in. But apparently Egypt has joined us and also the Republic of Korea. So welcome, guys. Spread the word. Share the link. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please drop me a note, Andrea, at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and I will try to get back to you, certainly in a more timely fashion than I have done this week. In a moment, we're going into Devar Torah. But, you know, I like to think that somehow this entire show is about the Devar Torah, the moment of the year, the moment in time in which we all find ourselves together. Um, Somebody sent something, or they posted something this week. I do not know who. If you know the poster of this, please, I'm not taking any credit, and I'm celebrating this. I'm assuming it was a mother, because... Okay, is this sexist to say I think only a mother would be this sensitive? Andrea, don't do that. Tough. Okay, somebody posted, my son's first grade teacher started her own Me Too moment. You know, when I started to read this, my back, my spine went up. I started thinking about that Me Too movement. Um, But this is just lovely. My son's first grade teacher started her own Me Too movement. On the first day of class, she had all of them stand and say what their favorite hobby is or what their favorite toy is or what their favorite food is, etc. If you also like it, you must say, me too, and go stand within that group. The children had so many things in common. They were continuously shouting, me too, and moving from group to group. The children instantly realized just how much they had in common with their classmates. And that made them less anxious, more relaxed and comfortable, laughing and talking and quickly making friends. 
Yeah. Nobody's going to tell me that teachers, real teachers, good teachers, don't make this world the best place ever. Okay. We're going to be talking about Elul, the month of Elul, and this week's Parsha, Ki So, among a lot of the topics that are discussed, certainly this week in shul and synagogue, Rabbi Wine brings down, is that there is a discussion, or it brings up discussion, of employer and employee. I know I belong to a lot of these Facebook groups of uh, women in business, women, uh, I belong, well, I don't want to tell you the names of the groups, so... <laughs> They're very private. But anyway, wonderful groups, certainly about women in business, uh, men and women seeking to advance. So I found this very interesting Rabbi Wine's take. He talks about not just about employer and employees, but also the relationship between debtors, creditors, between granting those who grant collateral and the holder of the collateral. The Torah always attempts to protect the rights of the lender. Because only in such a fashion can there be assurance that we'll be willing. We need to have people willing to lend money to those in need. However, the Torah is also very, very aware that a borrower is always a slave to the lender. And the borrower needs protection from abuse, social abuse, relationship problems that that kind of uh, endeavor can entail. There's always a balance, a check and balance in the Torah. So the same sense of balance that the Torah strives for regards the employer and the employee. Very clearly, an employer is not to exploit the, ru- the worker that labors on his behalf. He has to pay the employee a fair wage and must pay him in a timely fashion. You know, I'm off script, but I, like, I know whenever I have cleaning help, You may not say to your cleaning help, unless there's some extenuating circumstance and your cleaning help screams at you, don't pay me today. You must pay them the day they do the labor. But the employee, in turn, is duty-bound to work in an honest and diligent manner for the employee to give their 100%. It can be understood the employee is not allowed to steal from an employer, not time, not money, not property. The Ramban looks at this Jewish social law in its entirety and puts forward that the underlying principle in all of these matters is, are you ready? Family. Jews are a family to one another. And therefore, the accepted norms of family behavior are to be enforced, even if the Jews involved feel less than familiar to an employer, the creditor, the lender. You know, I've often said to my children when they're fighting and screaming, and they're really, you know, you see our kids sometimes, they're being so horrible to one another, or parents being dismissive, not saying please and thank you in a home, may I, expressing gratitude. And they save the good behavior for the outside. And I know that I have always tried to impart, sometimes more successfully than others, that we're given our families for practice to get it right. 
to act and conduct ourselves in the in the safety of our homes in a certain manner and that when we're done with our heady dress rehearsals to take the show on the road we're not supposed to exploit the labor of a family member what's an ideal jewish family according to rabbi wine that family which is free of exploitation, taking advantage, abuse. A a family jealously protects the individual's right to privacy and strengthens the ability of a debtor to protect his home and belongings from prying eyes and gasping hands. All the societal laws of the Torah when viewed from the perspective of family love and cooperation, work in harmony with the society that exists outside of our home. In a functioning and loving family, there's no victimization, there's no bullying. There's only next of kin that are flesh of our flesh and bone of our bone. And this is the goal of the family that the Torah wishes us to achieve through its instructions and commandments regarding all societal issues. And indeed, to teach us to take it outside of the safety of our homes and initialize it to those outside of us. Rebetzin Heller. Um, sometimes each week, sometimes each month. She sent a beautiful, I, I received this week a beautiful, um, was it a Tavar Torah? Was it ill? I don't even remember. I just I took some notes and I wanted to share this. She was talking about Rabbi Yitzchak Grossman. Rabbi Yitzchak Grossman, who had the gift of being in the moment. For him, every door has to be open. The key, and I love this, was his willingness to connect to the person or situation that God puts in front of him. Indeed, keeping with the theme of getting it right and not picking and choosing our attitudes and our behaviors towards one another. And Rebetzin Heller said he lives sort of all year in an Elul. And he tells a story about being in a hotel for Shabbos when he was in America recently. And so there was no, I know that I too have experienced this. Talk about me too. Let's talk about the I too. It's very hard sometimes when we go to a hotel, those of us who are Sabbath observant, to find a hotel that actually has a, a, a metal key, a key to open and close the door. Everything today are those electronic keys. And it's a problem because it opens and closes the doors. And there's a lot of things written. There's a lot of, um, a lot of commentary has been made recently by rabbis who are teaching us how to live in the halacha, in the Jewish law. But anyway, Rabbi um, Grossman, he was in the States. They didn't have a metal key. He only had the plastic key. And so what he did was he left his door ajar constantly every time he left during the Sabbath. And one night he goes, one Friday night he goes to his room. What happens? He discovers a man. He's sleeping in his bed. And he looked at the man who's sleeping 
And everything about him, you know, we're not supposed to make assumptions, but it was clear. He was homeless. So at this point, the Rav asks himself a question that most of us would not have asked. What will happen if I wake him up? I'll get into the bed, and where will he go? Rabbi Grossman walked down to the lobby, and he slept in one of the couches. What would we have done? What would we have asked? Would we have even asked the questions? We probably would have gone down and asked for this for security, asked for hotel security. What does that have to do with with Elo, the month that we have now begun? The astral sign, you know, we don't believe in the zodiac. We don't follow the zodiac. However, the astral sign for the month of Elul is Virgo. Virgo, standing for, comes from the, you know, the word virgin comes from Virgo. A young woman who is still searching for that one with whom she can become whole. Many of us feel whole in the same way a baby feels whole, according to Rebetzin Heller. For the world, for him, the world has a population of one. When you are willing to open your eyes, think beyond yourself, and ask about the meaning of the moment you're living, what possibilities are, you'll find that you live in a world with a much larger population. It's not all about you. Elul is the perfect time for us to ask ourselves, how big is my world? Rabbi Grossman, sleeping in the lobby of a hotel rather than disturb a homeless man? (laughs) That's one of a kind. But guess what? So are you. So am I. Robinson Heller uses as an example when you walk into a room and it's so dark and you flip on the light, the effect is actually brighter than the authentic illumination. And the world is a paradox that becomes more and more extreme with passing time. The word hateva, nature, the nature, is the same number value as the divine name Elohim, master of forces. Imagine nature and God's name one and the same. The natural world can be staggering, overwhelming. It can blind us. There's no such thing as nature. There's no such thing as God. There's nature. Big bang. Why not? Why not go there? God is overwhelming. We might even come to think that there's no way to open the door to the meaning and settle on a substitute for nature. Rebison Heller went to Prague in illustration of this. She was on vacation. She took a a tour of Prague. I know many Jews in Israel do that. I myself would love to do this. And anyway, it was the only city in the Czech Republic. Um, So the government looked at it and and has been trying to attract tourists. Anyway, she went on this whole tour and there was a very, her tour guide was a particularly, she was very educated, very knowledgeable, very, very sensitive, a non-Jewish woman who happens to have a doctorate in Jewish studies. 
And um, she was very aware of the role that the city played during the Shoah, during the Holocaust. And so Rebetzin Heller, when she noticed her spirituality and her strong sense of morality, she couldn't help herself, indeed. And so she said, are you religious? And the response of this wonderful tour guide was, the 46 years of communism did a job on our country. I am nothing. And so are most Czechs. Now, she wasn't using the phrase, I am nothing, um, the way, you know, uh, someone who's teaching us um, Jewish thought would use it. Her intent was that she has no map to guide her. She has no idea of which elements of the past are real or how to address them to the present, to the future. She has a strong intuitive sense of good and bad from the way she described the transit concentration camp at the Ehrenstadt. She herself wants to bring light to dark places, but she has no way to bring God into the picture. But you know what? We do. And we don't have to do it alone. The month Elul, the letters of Elul, spell out, they can stand for, Ani Lidodi Vidodi Li. I am for my beloved and know that there is an answering voice. No. We don't have to do it alone. We have the roadmap. God wants us to find him. Reach out. Turn on the light. Bathe in the brightness. There's three things that Perkei Avot the lessons of our fathers are told to avoid sin. The first, know from where you came. There is one answer for all of us. Everybody listening in, everybody sharing, everybody not listening. We all began as a microscopic drop of liquid. Everything we have become since that moment was a gift, our sight, our mind, our touch, our ability to feel, to accomplish, to grow. We're loved and we've been given to. The second thing, I have to remember where we're headed. It came from a drop of water and we're headed to the grave, to decay. Except our soul doesn't decay. It finds the connection. It finds the light. It's with us throughout our entire lifetimes. When we wake up and we feel that niggling need to go deeper, to bring spirituality into our lives, oh no, my friends, it's not from the neck up. Don't ever forget, we have a soul to take those moments and reflect on the fate of our body shouldn't aggravate you. Instead, reflect on the condition of your soul. And the last thing to remember is that we will be called to give an account. How are we living? 
our Father in heaven, he loves us. He is there. And every day, every moment, the tikkun, the repair, is just available for us. You don't have to sign up online for a course. By reaching out, connecting to one another, celebrating that which joins us, unites us, celebrates us, brings us all around the same table, will help us get rid of that spiritual garbage that gets in our way. This is the month. This is the time. It's easier than you think. Sivan Rachav Mayer, teacher, author, politician, newscaster, tells a story. Oh man, could I relate to this? I'm sure that many of you can as well. She tells a story about a couple that she knew who got divorced. And what did they do once they got their freedom from one another? They spent every day, every moment, scads of money on plotting revenge. That's how they started their days. It's how they went to sleep. She goes on to talk about working with someone who was so consumed with hatred of their former boss that everything she did was meant as a response to the hurt that she had suffered in her prior place of employment. In contrast, what does the Torah tell us? This week's Parsha, the words clear, do not despise the Egyptian. But just a minute, you think, didn't the Egyptians do horrible things to us? Don't they deserve our hatred, our eternal despising? We should probably hate them forever. So the commentators explain what the Torah is telling us. It says, first of all, look at the big picture. Initially, we were welcomed into the land of Egypt warmly. And in the end, the Egyptians did receive punishment for how they treated us. God's in charge. There's no reason to build our lives on hatred for them and to perpetuate that trauma which we suffered. If we persist in despising the Egyptians, if you live in these states, and again, let's look at that figuratively. If we continually, those of us who live in a state of uninterrupted anger, constant rage, we're the slaves. We're slaves, not in our body, but in our minds. Obsession is slavery. All of this is not to say that we have to love those who tormented us, those who were cruel to us. But it's in our best interest to leave the past in the past. And like the fresh slate that we've been given, build our lives anew. This month of Elul, glorious opportunity just to check, do a fact check, note to self. Am I still enslaved by hatred? Vow with liberation. Vow for liberation. Okay. 
Wow, 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 wow. The time is racing. Let me just stay with you, boys and girls. Here we go. Okay. Before we go, we have to just share this stuff. Um, Rabbi Avigdor Miller, in his book, Rejoice, O Youth. Okay. If you must know the page number, the paragraph number, I'll let you know later. So Rabbi Miller explains how truly powerful, how significant is the influence of the evil inclination. We say it in Hebrew, the Yitzhahara. He says, if men were not blinded by the evil inclination, they could not avoid seeing the truth. They would recognize God from the overwhelming, incontrovertible demonstration of plan and purpose elsewhere in the world. They would recognize man's role as the sole recipient of God's unbounded kindliness. Man would understand the end purpose of the afterlife. They would see the true function of life as the pursuit of virtue and perfection. What is Rabbi Miller actually saying to us? The evil inclination? This need for revenge, the need to see the ugly, the bad. It not only causes us to commit a veros, but it actually prevents us from recognizing God and his purpose for us on earth. Now, what's an extreme example? An extreme example of this kind of blinding power can be found in the practice of avodazara, idolatry. It's difficult to comprehend how man was able to worship something that he created himself. And again, take a moment. We're not just talking about that mortar and pestle, um, you know, statue in the Israel Museum. Rabbi Miller recounts that in the time of Ezra and his sages, the power of idolatry among the Jews was due entirely to the Yetzirah, that evil inclination, whose purpose was to impose an ordeal of virtue among Israel by which they could attain great reward. Because B'nai Israel, the children of Israel, had yielded to that false allurement of idolatry, what happened to the Beis HaMikdash? Destroyed. We were exiled. This force does not exert itself on individuals only, says Rabbi Miller, but it also affects nations and the entire physical world. This parsha, Kitetzeh, is red. It's red smack dab in the middle of the month of Elul. The obvious connection between battling that evil inclination and doing teshuva, atonement, it comes to mind. Rabbi Eliyahu Kitov says uh, in his uh, book of our heritage that in doing teshuva, we must not only physically refrain from averos but we also have to remove them from our thoughts. This, my friends, is the tough stuff. I'm sharing. Very rough. Only when we grasp that challenge of the evil inclination that is before us, we will also realize that we are assisted in our endeavor to combat it. It's not a one-man show. We're not alone. We are not alone alone. The Torah's Moshe concedes that it's human nature to avoid, to avoid battles that are too difficult to overcome. 
How true. What are we running from? We have an opportunity. Oh, it's hard. But this is the time not to submit to that evil inclination without at least minimally putting up a battle because of that verse, quote, the Lord your God will deliver them into your hands. Meaning, as is often stated throughout the Tanakh, God helps those who at least make the initial attempt to help themselves. Remember, Nachshon ben Aminadav, as they came to the sea of reeds and screamed, we will drown, we are doomed, we are done, we cannot swim. And he himself put one step in and then another until the water reached his nostrils and surely he would die. And then, and only then, the water opened, the sea split. In the merit of this teshuva, of this atonement, may we recognize, and, and with God's help, please God, conquer our formidable enemies, whether actual flesh and blood or the enemies that keep us awake at night, Yetzahara. It's a little early. We'll say it again, and we'll say it again. But may we be inscribed for a year of health, happiness, and may we see the coming of the Moshiach speedily in our days. And remember, my friends, think about it. Make your invitation list. Think about what is crippling you, what is holding you back, and what is stopping you. This is the time to go in the field, raise up your arms, and say, I am here, God. These are my requests. To put in your petition, submit your bakasha, and wait. Wait to be embraced with his love, with his kindness, with his glory, and indeed, with the liberating freedom that only Teshuva can provide. My name is Andrea Simintov. Shabbat Shalom umivorach from Jerusalem. Be smart. Listen to Israel News Talk Radio in the background while you work and get the latest news and commentary from Israel. Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel.